Good morning. It's time for Upfront. It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Yeah, what do you say you uh, join the Upfront panel? It's something uh, that happens here every Monday morning. When I happen to be in the neighborhood, and then I'm normally in the neighborhood uh, as much as I can possibly be, uh, given the uh, the kind of life that I lead. Kind of a busy person, uh, as you're a regular listener, you know. So uh, let's get started with um, uh, let's let's go with a did you know? Because uh, Helen, who uh, listens to our show, we understand over at the uh, nursing home. Um, is a big fan of Did You Know. In fact, that's what she calls me, Mr. Did You Know. Did you know we celebrated another anniversary on December the 13th last week? It was on that date, 13 years ago, that junk scientist Al Gore predicted that the North Polar Ice Cap would be completely ice-free in five years. Now, remember, he made that prediction in 2008. So, let's add five years to that. And so, has anybody been to the North Pole recently? Uh, did you go for a swim? Al Gore also claimed he invented the Internet. You may recall that. He warned the gullible German audience that he was speaking, though, uh, on that date, December thirteenth, two 2008, that, quote, the entire North polarized cap will disappear in five years. So you recall reading that the North Pole dis- disappeared, right? No? The liberal press just gobbled that up, and they repeated the prediction for years. So Al, as we all know, got it totally wrong, because in 2013, it was and is still there. And guess what? The South Pole ice cap actually got larger. Did you fall for his BS? Some of you did. It was, in fact, the beginning of the global warming uh, clamor. My source, thegatewaypundit.com. Did you know that an Arizona IHOP was found closed last week, normally open 24 hours a day, as many of them are? The sign on the door notified customers as follows, quote, Due to the fact that Joe Biden gave out way too much money, nobody wants to work anymore. So effective immediately, our hours are from 7 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. You think that's crazy? I tried to buy a pizza a couple of weeks ago at 4 o'clock as we prepared to watch a football game that was about to start on TV. I witnessed the manager of the local shop, I'm not telling you which one I went to, locking the door, and he shouted out to me, "Uh, we're closed. There were other potential customers right behind me as he shouted out, my replacement didn't show up, so I'm now closed. He's one hell of a manager, isn't he? Nice thing about Twitter is that some people actually keep track of tweets that support certain things. How about Jesse Smollett? That's that gay black actor who had that fake noose around his neck and staged 
that fake attack in Chicago. Well, he, of course, thank God, was found guilty of the entire so-called attack. And now the city wants him to pay for the cost they incurred investigating this staged event. What I wanted to share with you is a list of the 10 Democrats who went on Twitter to support him before the whole thing turned out to be a hoax. All right, so like I said at the beginning of this uh, little rant that I'm on, that there are some people who monitor Twitter and keep track of what people say. So who was the number one person to support Jesse Smollett, that gay black actor who was found guilty? AOC. Do you know what AOC stands for, right? That's that idiot that they voted into the House of Representatives from New York City. Number two was Joy Reid, another idiot on NBC television. Number three was another idiot, Joe Biden. Number four was Carmela Harris. <laughs> Number five was the New York Times. Oh, yeah, they supported Jussie. Number six was Kerry Booker, who, by the way, has COVID. Number seven, Eric Stallwell. Number eight, Rashida Tayyip. Number nine, Bernie Sanders. That's not from Vermont. And number 10 was GQ magazine. I hope you didn't get caught on Twitter supporting this TV actor creep. Anybody ever watch that crazy program? It was, I believe it was called Empire. My source, 100%fedup.com. Election integrity. Thanks to the Heritage Foundation, ladies and gentlemen, we have some ratings on election integrity in every one of the 50 United States. Now, I think you're going to find their research interesting. I know I did. Turns out the survey found Rhode Island rates number 16 in the country. But our next-door neighbor, Massachusetts, scores a dismal 43 out of 50 states and essentially is tied with other red states like Vermont, Hawaii, uh, by the way, Vermont's 47, Hawaii's 48, New York is 49, and you guessed it, California is number 50. How about the top three? After passing laws to fix one of the worst election systems in the United States, Georgia is now number one, followed by Alabama, number two. And Tennessee is number three on the Heritage Foundation's scorecard. You can see the research for yourself if you have a computer. Go to where I found it, and now somehow I erased where I found it. That's all right. You just just search for election integrity. You'll you'll locate it. I have time now. I think for the latest Nielsen ratings that just came in, and when I when I put that in there, I erased my source. Anyway. Uh, Nielsen is the source for the following, and here are the top ten over-the-air television programs for the first week in December. They're running a little behind over there at Nielsen, but that's okay. It's that time of the year to run behind. Number one, NBC Sunday Night Football had uh, 18.5 million viewers. Wow. Number two, 
Fox and NFL Thursday night football had 14 million homes. Number three, Sunday night NFL, the pre-kickoff game, (laughs) drew 12.4 million viewers. Number four, Fox NFL Sunday uh, post-game on Fox, 5 point of correction, 10.9 million viewers. You you notice how, I mean, seriously, uh, football dominates these ratings. So the first program that was non-football was number five, 60 Minutes. I can't believe that 9.3 million people still watch that that program. Cannot stand it. I haven't watched it since they lost Andy Rooney. That's how long I've been a, a distant person from 60 Minutes. But uh, maybe you watch it. So I want you to know that you have... million homes that also agree with your selection. Number six is NFL pre-kickoff game on Fox, 8.7, yeah, 8.7 million viewers. Number eight, FBI. I do watch that program, though I no longer have any use for the FBI. 4.4, make that 7.0 viewers. Uh, or homes might be more viewers than that. Number nine was The Voice on NBC, 6.8 million homes. And number 10 was Chicago Fire. I don't like stories about firemen. I'm sorry, I have n- n- nothing against firemen, but I'm not a big fire uh, pro. Any stories that are about what firemen do, uh, frankly, just don't catch my interest. I do like Chicago PD, though. Anyway, 6.7 million homes for Chicago Fire. Now, for those of you that pay for cable, you must be wondering what your fellow cable payers are watching. And as usual, the number one thing that people are watching on cable is, in fact, football. In fact, the number one, the biggest rating that they had on cable... The week of December the 6th was the NFL regular season game between, guess who? The New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And there were 13,282,000 homes that were tuned in that Nielsen monitors. Number two program, Yellowstone. I no longer watch it. I watched two episodes and I had enough. 7.5 million homes, though, disagree with me. Number three, Monday night kickoff, 6.7 million homes. Number four, Monday night postgame. People wanted to hear people talk about what they just watched. Okay, five million homes stayed tuned. So, number five is, of all things, the five. Isn't that cute? Number five on cable is the five on the Fox News Channel. 3.5 million homes. Number six, special report with Brett Baer. 3.6 million people watch that, uh, houses. Number seven, the five, 3.4 million. Number eight, the five, 3.4 million. Number nine, the five, 3.2 million. And number ten, 
Tucker Carlson. You notice who doesn't show up on the cable list anymore? Sean Hannity. Frankly, um, I've kind of had enough of Sean Hannity, but, uh, you know, he's still way up there, way, way, way up ahead of CNN. But he has dropped out of the top ten. So, there you go. I uh, was just wondering if uh, you agree with the people uh, over at Nielsen. Because, you know, they have these special machines now that monitor everything. In fact, even if you don't watch it live and you DVR like I did with the Patriot, uh, uh, correction, with the Buccaneer game last night. I mean, we were busy, so we went to bed early. And we didn't watch one minute of the Buccaneer game, uh, which was awful, by the way, with Tom Brady against the Saints. But uh, I think the score was nine to nothing. Oh boy, I can't wait for Joe Joey Gallo when he comes in here. I, I, I'm going to have to get my crying towel out that I I had made for him, and no doubt he's going to have to use it. But in any event, um, uh, what I wanted to say about Nielsen is they have these uh, gadgets that they actually fasten to somebody's uh, TV remote. And uh, they, they really have pretty accurate results. That's why I share them with you. This is the Upfront Program. Yours truly, Dick Bouchard, here on... Monday mornings only. That's enough for me. Matthew and Nelv invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washes up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. At the CPA firm of Kayakasha, we believe in the value of relationships. We view every client relationship like a partnership and truly believe that our success is a result of your success. We're committed to providing close personal attention to our clients. We take pride in giving you the assurance that the personal assistance you receive comes from years of advanced training and technical experience. Dedicated and trusted for over 30 years. For Kayakasha, certified public accountants with offices in Warwick at 732-8900 and Woonsocket at 766-8100. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale. Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato Choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light 30-pack. 
2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors. 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Panel of one is yours truly, Dick Bouchard. I'm here on Mondays only. And uh, thankfully, once a week is probably enough for me. If it's you <laughs> listening up there, <laughs> I can understand that. Especially if you're not in complete agreement with the things that I have to say. I, I bring these things to you, and then you, in turn, can do uh, with the information whatever you choose. Did you know that Joe Biden issued a grim warning on Thursday of last week? See, I review basically what's happened since I was on a week ago. He said, quote, Unvaccinated Americans will soon overwhelm U.S. hospitals and they will experience a winter of severe illness and death. How's that from your president? Notice I said your president, not mine. I want to send a direct message to the American people, said Joe. Quote, due to the steps we've taken, Omicron has not yet spread as fast as it would have. Wow. Thanks to you, Joe, I guess. Due to the mobility of Americans, Omicron has showed up in single numbers in about half of the United States. I actually reported that to you last week, remember? There has only been one hospitalization in the entire country. And guess where it took place? It was in California, of course. According to Joe Biden, I might be here next year to report the Republicans will be in charge in Washington. And since I remain, yours truly, Dick Bouchard, will remain unvaccinated. Hey, did you know that fentanyl overdoses has become the number one cause of death among U.S. adults aged 18 to 45? Folks, it's a national emergency. Fact is, more adults between 18 and 45, a total of over 53,000, died from fentanyl overdoses in 2020. And by the way, that's more deaths than COVID-19 supposedly claimed. And by the way, you can add to that motor vehicle accidents, gun violence, breast cancer, and suicide. Overall, drug overdose deaths are expected to surpass 100,000 before the end of the year. My source for this? Well, you probably don't watch it. Foxnews.com. Did you know, and by the way, we had a caller uh, on this last week. Did you know how much electricity is really needed to recharge an electric car that has traveled 180 miles? And there are not many that can actually go that far. The math involved is pretty simple. You take a recent electric bill. You've got one from National Grid. Go ahead. Divide what you paid. And then over in the left-hand column, there's a list of uh, kilowatt hours used. Take the last kilowatt hours you used and divide it into 
the amount you paid, and you're going to get a price you paid per kilowatt hour. Forget all that crap that's on the second and third pages about ridiculous taxes and charges. The bottom line is kilowatt hours divided into what you paid equals how much a kilowatt hour actually really cost you. Because that's all you care. Now, once you have that number, you take the most recent number from the monthly list of kilowatt hours billed. It's on the left-hand side there. Divide it by the number, and you will have your answer. Let me give you an example. Let's say you used 1,400 kilowatt hours of electricity. Remember, that's uh, nearly a million kilo hours of watt hours. Then notice kilo, most people don't realize that 1.400 kilowatt hours is actually 1.4 million watt hours of electricity. Anyway, your electric bill is an even $100. That would be a joke. Uh, and they're paying exactly 14 cents for each kilowatt hour. You're soon going to learn that charging an electric car is something you really need to do nightly. It's not free. But you really need to learn that it's a um, sort of, uh, when you're buying gasoline, remember there's state and federal taxes on gasoline that even exceed those that are on electricity. The, comp the compromises and comparisons here are really nearly impossible, but it is cheaper to run and charge an electric car. It really is until the batteries die. Then things start to change. But please go to DuckDuckGo.com and you can ask on your own computer how, just write this question out, how much does it cost to charge an electric car? Now listen, unless you own your own home, my research suggests that you should never consider buying an electric car. They call it EVs, electric vehicles. Because you will be stuck with having to use very expensive retail charging stations. And would you mind telling me how long you want to wait for your car while it recharges? And by the way, I've heard they get 45 cents a kilowatt hour to recharge, and that would completely negate the reason for having one. I have yet to see anyone using the charging stations that are located where? In front of the Blackstone Town Hall. Maybe you have. I mean, I go by there maybe three, four, five times a week. Never see a car plugged in to those charging stations. Now, this story's pretty long, and I want to give credit to a um, friend uh, of the station, and friend particularly of my brother Roger, Russ Olivo. Did you know that a man has admitted to defrauding top local restaurants and seafood suppliers and the SBA and assaulting federal officers? Yeah. This story appeared on GoLocalProvidence.com. So, here's the story from Friday. You may have missed it. A Providence man arrested nine days after he assaulted and fled from federal agents and task force officers as they tried to arrest him on charges he defrauded businesses of more than $800,000 has pled guilty in federal court on Friday to charges of wire fraud, 
and assaulting a federal officer, and that was announced by the United States Attorney. Now, Go Local was first to report this back in August, but Rhode Island restaurants, Capriccio's, and others were among those who were defrauded in the approximately $831,000 seafood scheme, according to court records. Now, seems to me, ladies and gentlemen, it was Ross Olivo who first reported in August that somebody was claiming to run a catering business out of a non-existent French Whistard Hamlet Avenue address that first exposed this entire fraud. So I sent an email to Ross last week suggesting it was he that reported in the Woonsocket call that he was the one who discovered some fraud and told the SBA, the Small Business Administration, about it. Let me repeat what I reported to you back on August the 2nd, and you may remember this story if you're a regular listener to Upfront. Here's my story from August the 2nd of 2021. The report reads... Hey, good for you, Russ Olivo, who in Friday's call reported that he had tracked down what seems to be an effort by someone to use what's left of the French Whistard Company, the parcel at 148 Hamlet Avenue that I remember as the payroll office, claiming they were running a catering business out of that empty historic building. Russ tried to tip off the SBA in his story. It appears that they were hoodwinked by an outfit calling themselves Perry's Catering. And records indicate that they received a $154,000 SBA loan by calling themselves that. Turns out the company, as far as Russ could determine, is completely non-existent. Now, it seems FBA provided Russ with the listing of names and the amounts of all companies that got parts of $106 million it distributed in Rhode Island. When he informed SBA of his findings, he was told to turn his discovery over to the SBA fraud unit. I guess they didn't want to hear about it. Uh, but I imagine he did. So I went on to mention that as treasurer of WNRI, known to the SBA as Bouchard Broadcasting Incorporated, I applied for and got a $32,000 grant which frankly really helped us stay afloat during the worst of the early pandemic months as we lost advertising revenue. SBA decided to even audit my grant and determined we were in full compliance and told our accountant that the SBA loan was therefore forgiven. I gave a pandemic bonus to each member of our paid staff for the period covered by the award. I believe that was for eight weeks in a row. In addition to their regular pay, which was deemed allowable. Now, I wrote that story on August the 2nd. So, now we learn that on August the 3rd, say, hey, is this is what's so interesting. So, the day after my report on W1RI on August the 2nd that I just read to you, on August the 3rd, FBI agents... FBI task force officers and Rhode Island State Police, with the assistance, by the way, of Woonsocket Police, surveilled and followed a guy by the name of Paul Diogenes, also has an alias of Paul DiGiulio. He's 49 years old. 
So he formed a fictitious catering company. What did we just talk about? Perry's Catering. Listing his alias as president. So he not only may have defrauded the SBA, he obtained credit from food processors and distributors, and he used that to purchase more than $831,000 in luxury foods, including thousands of dollars worth of lobster and sea bass and shrimp, scallops, filet mignon, ribeye steak, etc. Diogenes admitted that he resold much of the product, in some cases to the same businesses whose stolen bank information he used to gain credit from food distributors. In furtherance of the scheme, Diogenes fraudulently claimed that the food he was selling was from a non-existing restaurant that he had recently closed. This guy is just too much. So, here's what happened afterwards. In his course of escaping, Diogenes rammed his car into an FBI task force vehicle with a task force officer inside along with a state trooper. Then he drove his vehicle toward an FBI agent who jumped out of the way to avoid being hit. Then Diogenes then rammed his car into a delivery van. Then he rammed his car into a second FBI task force vehicle that had also been vacated by another FBI agent and a Providence police officer. And guess what? He escaped. Well, nine days after he fled law enforcement, it turns out they found him. Diogenes was located by the U.S. Marshals Service and the FBI, hiding in a Middleborough, Massachusetts hotel. Guess what? At the time of his arrest, Diogenes was in possession of a briefcase containing $116,404 in cash. Diogenes is scheduled to be sentenced in U.S. District Court on March 29, 2022. The case is being prosecuted by Assistant U.S. Attorney Lee Vilker. Diogenes' fraud was investigated by the FBI's Rhode Island Complex Financial Crimes Task Force with the assistance of the Rhode Island State Police, the Providence Police, note this, Woonsocket Police, East Providence Police, and Fall River Police Department. My source for all of this, of course, is the Woonsocket Call, Ross Olivo, GoLocalProv.com. Now, isn't it interesting that I think this whole thing was exposed by none other than Russ Olivo of the Woonsocket Call? That's what I think. Am I right, Russ? Take a bow. I think you deserve some credit here. Did you know the only reason to visit New York City, still under control of that idiot Bill de Blasio, just evaporated for a lot of folks? It seems that the Rockettes at Radio City Music Hall cannot perform due to de Blasio's strict COVID protocols. Four shows that were planned for Friday were canceled. And there are no plans for any more Rockettes Christmas Spectaculars in the near future. Now, nearly two years into the COVID pandemic, a resurgence of COVID virus, so they say, is causing cancellations and disruptions this holiday city, especially in de Blasio's New York City. Broadway shows that you may have tickets for, they're canceled. And I'm going to give you the list. 
Hamilton, Moulin Rouge, The Musical, and MJ, The Musical. I haven't been to New York City, folks, in 20 years. And frankly, I avoid New York and New Jersey like the plague. The far-left governor of New York instituted a mask mandate statewide. But guess what? I was in New York last Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. But at least five counties have declared the mandate is not necessary in their counties, and they will not be enforced, including the county where I have property, Washington County in upstate New York. By the way, the mainstream media is ignoring reporting the fact that 25% of New York's counties have said no to the governor's mask mandate in the state of New York. And by the way, maybe you didn't know it, but the counties in New York have their own sheriff's department, so they could care less what the state police have to say. Hey, you know what? I bet you didn't know that Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly held another rally in Houston, Texas last week. <laughs> of course not. Not if you watch ABC, NBC, CBS. But So I love to expose to you that Newsweek reported to their followers, anybody who buys that stupid thing, that 200 tickets went unsold for the event. What Newsweek, of course, failed to tell you, because they hate Trump, that 19,000 tickets were sold in the arena, and the place was actually packed standing room only. You may recall that Joe Biden was lucky to draw 100 people to anything when he was running for office. So, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Upfront Program. i got to take a rest. Enjoyable dining, all your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu starting at just $5.99. And a little full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and great Italian dishes, including tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Well, come on in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for a pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery available. Speaking with Celeste Benjamin of the Benjamin Insurance Agency. Celeste, you provide a wide range of services there. Most of our business is providing home and auto insurance. However, we feel the most important thing to insure is people. Everyone insures their home and autos, which are objects. Only 57% of Americans have life insurance. You may get into a car accident. You may have a claim on your home. But life insurance is a guaranteed payout for your family. We are here to help keep your family good. Going. Our family serving your family. And Cara Benjamin? My mother, Celeste, will help you plan for retirement and assist you with protecting your family by providing life insurance. The Allstate Benjamin Agency, 125 Eddie Darling Highway, North Smithfield, 765-5000 for the protection you need, the service you want. Across from CVS at Dowling Village. And if you live over on this side of town where WNRI is, or if you live in South Bellingham, you might want to head over to 72 South Main Street in South Bellingham and check out the Benjamin Agency's other office. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. 
now, let's get back to the panel. Well, the panel, uh, of course, here on Monday. Every other day of the week, there's uh, normally two people here uh, or more. But on Mondays, I, I'm solo because, really, I have so much to uh, share with you. Uh, it goes a lot better if I don't really get into discussions with people. In fact, uh, if I take calls, they're usually very brief. Here's another story that's going to get buried. It seems CNN may have the opportunity to write yet another check for doing its job poorly. This time to relatives of former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, a Rhode Island native, for labeling them as followers of QAnon conspiracy theory. You see, on Thursday, a federal judge has allowed a case being brought by Flynn's brother John, Jack Flynn, they call him, and his sister-in-law, Leslie Flynn, to proceed with their lawsuit against, guess who? CNN. Jack and Leslie stated in their suit against CNN that they are not followers of QAnon, and they're seeking $75 million in damages from the network. They uh, defamed them and put them in a false light, says the Flynn's. I really hope they get their ass kicked, CNN, as the case moves forward in federal court. I read all about it on the thegatewaypundit.com. Now, did you hear the Justice Department has scrapped Joe Biden's plan to pay $450,000 to illegal aliens who came across the border claiming they had a child with them? Now, of course, if you can add, if a parent comes across with a child, that's nearly a million dollars per uh, pair. Finally, we have a win here for U.S. taxpayers because I can assure you that Joe was not using his bank account for these payments. The Biden administration walked away from legal negotiations in which it was considering paying $450,000 to each adult and another 450000 to each child that were separated at the southern border during the Trump administration. Now, the U.S. government has ended negotiations over a settlement of the cases seeking monetary compensation, according to guess who? The American Civil Liberties Union. Seems their lead attorney told CBS News the Biden administration's decision not to pay affected families and was a result of having allowed politics to get in the way of helping the little children deliberately abused by our government. Approximately 5,400 children were separated at the border and sent to facilities, the cages and all that, while their parents were referred to prosecution for illegally crossing the U.S. border. And, of course, they never are going to show up. So the case being brought by the ACLU failed. If the parent and child of each got paid, that would have cost us $48 billion. Citizen Free Press is where I found the story. By the way, For those of you who donate to the American Civil Liberties Union, shame on you. I want to remind you, I've told this story before, but I'm going to repeat it again. I fought for and won when I was employed by the state of Rhode Island to allow me and anyone else who wanted to 
to identify three charities I wanted my United Way contribution to get. And the first one that I crossed off my list was the American Civil Liberties Union. Now, very few people know that I personally got the state of Rhode Island to allow state employees to do what I just did and told about, told you about when I worked for the state of Rhode Island. And boy, I'll tell you, they were adamant in my office to make sure that every employee donated to United Way. And I said, yeah, the only way that you would get me to donate to the United Way is if I could be specific as to who within the United Way list that I would want those donations to go to. And somehow I prevailed. I, I, you know, it's been so long since I did this. It's got to be 30 years ago. Since I stopped being a state employee in 1996, now I'm not sure if what I accomplished is still in place. If you're a state employee, you tell me, is the Bouchard, um, uh, what, what would you call it, uh, theory or <laughs> uh, special uh the way that I would, and by the way, I, I continued to donate to the United Way, but I would specifically identify three uh, specific uh, members of the United Way list. And by the way, there were an awful lot of people on that list that I did not want my money to go to. And somehow I accomplished that while I was there. Maybe when I left, maybe they dropped the policy. I don't know. Did you know? Vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin was a guest speaker at Turning Point USA last week. And she told her audience that last March she actually tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently she's none the worst and she said she would never get a COVID shot. She said that would happen over my dead body and neither would any of my children be allowed to get a COVID shot. Now, you may recall, Sarah was the only reason that I voted for John McCain. And I, I actually wish you would run as Trump's vice president in 2024. How about you? My source for the story was thesun.com. Did you know that Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia will not vote for Biden's multi-trillion dollar build back bill? If it comes up for a vote, which it probably won't, because normally they're smart enough to not bring something up for a vote if they don't have the votes. Which essentially is a death blow to the progressive bill that was crafted in Pelosi's House of Representatives. Biden's insistence on electric cars and millions for public charging stations was one of the reasons for Manchin's announcing over the weekend that he will vote no which means a death knell for the bill, unless they can get any Senate Republicans to cave in, and that's really doubtful. Lobbying Manchin was Joe Biden, brought Manchin to the White House, wined and dined him and what have you. Didn't change Manchin's mind about voting no, said Google News this morning as I looked at it. Google News did not seem happy about it, by the way. Now, after... Three years of Jeffrey Epstein's mysterious death while he was in jail 
for his arrest on child sex trafficking charges, the federal criminal trial of Giselle Maxwell, his confederate and apparent partner who would help find, groom, and abuse young girls, should be coming to an end this week. Each side is going to present their closing arguments in court today. Due to the Manhattan court's planned Christmas break that begins on Thursday, jury deliberations are expected to be kind of quick, with a high likelihood that a verdict could be reached by Wednesday in order to resolve the case and avoid any further delay. Now, a legal source connected with the case claims that if Maxwell is found guilty of her charges, she plans to start naming names in order to try to secure a lesser sentence. <laughs> oh, I, I want to read her little black book. Oh, I can't wait. WNRI was doing its part to help the milk fund. Uh, we allowed our parking lot to be used for the Lions Club to... Um, fill the milk fund containers and my brother Roger working with Joe Gaspar the owner of the bocce club put together a wonderful breakfast buffet that Roger told me was very successful uh, you uh, also want to be sure we want to thank uh, my brother Joe Gaspar and of course his wife, Fernande, uh, for everything they did to put, put together. That breakfast was fantastic. I, can I admit that I went up twice? Because the breakfast consisted of, of everything you could possibly want. Of course, I'm a big scrambled egg uh, and bacon guy anyway, because that's what I have for breakfast every morning anyway. But uh, I decided to forego my own cooking and uh, take advantage of the wonderful uh, cooking that uh, Joe and Fernandez put together on. Uh, that was yesterday morning. We had a nice turnout. And then my brother was uh, kind enough to uh, share with me that uh, as a result of that breakfast, we came up with $746 toward the milk fund. And uh, we did that uh, in good faith. Uh, Joe and Fernande uh, did uh, everything for free for us. So 100% of what we took in during the breakfast. And I hope you had a chance to come. It was, it was uh, spectacular. And like I say, I went up twice. Is that okay that, that I went up twice? Because, boy. <laughs> and then uh, I'm looking in the other room and I'm... I'm uh, looking at our buddy over there. What's he doing? He's he's so busy on the computer screen, he's not listening. So uh, anyway, uh, we uh, we ate well. I went for seconds, and uh, did you go? Did you enjoy it? Well, the room was full when I left because uh, I had to run up to uh, Brian's house, my grandson. Because we understood that we had some things that we had to do up there as well. And we went and uh, checked things out. Also had to adjust uh, his solar panels because it's winter time. And it uh, takes two of us to adjust his solar panels to 
the new setting of the sun these days. So, I've got a couple of minutes to go before I end the show. So, if you have anything you'd like to comment this morning, the lines are open. 769-0600 is the telephone number. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that the Goodfellows were out in front of the radio station. Did you see them? They were out there. And I understand, I couldn't get over. Uh, They managed to put together uh, quite a bunch of of folks, uh, to the Lions Club members, to uh, collect in front of W1RI. I don't know how many people uh, we actually came up with. Uh, But Roger came in and told me that uh, they emptied all the buckets, and they took in $1,237 for the milk fund. So, you know, we used to conduct uh, things here at the radio station, but it it really got out of hand. And uh, we uh, weren't too thrilled about having money here on the radio station. So uh, we uh, do everything here in this station uh, with checks. So there's 100% accountability of, of money. And since I'm the (laughs) treasurer, uh, I kind of like it that way. But in any event, $1,237 for the milk fund. Thank you all who pulled up in front of the radio station and donated as we uh, allowed the members of the Lions Club to conduct their... Um, bucket brigade in front of our radio station. It was our pleasure to do so and allow it, and uh, something that we've been doing every year. So I hope uh, you had a chance to come and do something. Uh, that's nice. Let's see. We got a couple of calls, according to our producer. Okay. First one came in. Go ahead. You're next. Quickly. Congratulations on what you did with the United uh, Way. That was fantastic, and it just goes to show what one person can do. I have a new theory that I came up with over the weekend. Um, They had some kind of a poll where it said that Democrat young voters were more intolerant because they wouldn't befriend a conservative. I think that's exactly what the conservative slash populist people. We have to start playing by the rules the Democrats play. We cannot have a football game where one team has one set of rules and the other team has another. And I think Sean Hannity has been hurt by his anti-boycott constantly. Oh, I'm not in favor of boycotts. What do you think the woke people do? That's how they destroy people. Dick, a great show. I learned a lot, and thank you. I'm going to hang up in case somebody else wants to get in for 30 seconds. Go You're on. right. Thank you. And uh, that somebody is you. Go ahead. You're next. Okay, Dick. First of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And Same to you. Very thankful for your uh, research and all these facts that don't appear in the newspapers. And thank God, all I can say is thank God for Radio Free Rhode Island at WNRI. Well, I really appreciate your comments, and believe me, uh, 
I welcome your listenership and your phone call, and I thank you very much for it. Merry Christmas to you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. And I'm glad I was able to squeeze in that last phone call because our time is just about up. We'll see you next week, God willing. Thank you very much for being a listener and for being with us here on WNRI One Socket.